In John chapter 3, Nicodemus, a rabbi, famous rabbi, a ruler of the Jews, comes to Jesus. And John tells us he comes at night. And with John and his symbolism in his book of darkness and at light, he not only means the time of day, but he means Nicodemus came to him in the dark in a sense of he was clueless. He didn't get it. I, uh, I often feel a kinship to Nicodemus. I often feel clueless, and, and Jesus specifically says to him at one part in the latter part of the conversation, he says, Nicodemus, I'm speaking to you about earthly things, and you don't even get those, much less how are you going to get the spiritual things I'm trying to talk to you about? And that resonates with me because I often feel like, man, I'm barely making it through life, you know, keeping the roof over my head and keeping, keeping a job going, keeping family going. And, and, and then on top of that, sometimes when I can barely do those things, here's these spiritual things that come along and will I ever get them? And I think a lot of people uh, feel that way about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, because spiritual gifts is a topic which really uh, gets wrong attention or no attention. I mean, some people just pretend spiritual gifts don't exist. It's, a, it's as if all those chapters in the Bible just weren't there, and we're just going to go through and kind of be like, oh, that's interesting filler, let's just skip over that. Then there are others who take the topic of spiritual gifts, and, and they run rampant. I mean, they go... Haywire. They go off the charts into deep waters, making the gifts of the Spirit uh, uh, something they were never meant to be. And then on top of that, there's folks that say, well, spiritual gifts are so divisive. There's these crazies over there that have run rampant with the idea of spiritual gifts. And so what we need to do is we just need to get rid of them all. We just need to forbid any use of spiritual gifts, and then we won't have any problem with them. And, you know, Paul anticipated that approach. It's not a new approach. Paul anticipated it because he ends up actually saying in, in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, hey, don't forbid the use of spiritual gifts because he knows that some of us will tend to do that. And so there's all kinds of, of, you know, whether it be ignoring or misunderstanding or misapplying, there's all this confusion that goes on around spiritual gifts. But it's interesting when you get to looking at it, uh, there is, there's a lot there that we can learn. And, and really, we are incomplete in our understanding of God's Word and in our relationship with Him uh, if we don't take a deep dive into this topic. And so we're kind of going to be in a little mini-series, so to speak, on the gifts of the Spirit uh, this week, next week, and the following. So we'll begin today in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll read from verses 11, 4 through 11. So if you are physically able, would you stand in honor and reverence for the reading of God's Word? 1 Corinthians 12, beginning in verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There's different kinds of service, but the same Lord there's different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. 
To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you, and God, we ask that you would take your word and that your Spirit would speak And it would come alive in our lives, that we would draw closer to you, that our understanding of your love and your care and your design for us, how we might be all that you created us to be, that that would become deeper and richer in our lives. Bless now the reading and proclamation of your word, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Spiritual gifts, why unity is greater than uniformity, or you might say why diversity shouldn't be divisive. We don't like the word diversity, or a lot of folks don't, because it's uh, got a connotation these days in some circles that it really shouldn't have, but really we're talking about variety in spiritual life. Variety in the gifts that God gives out. And we could say from the very beginning, the greatest point that we need to get here, and isn't even one of my main points, but that you have been given a gift by the Holy Spirit. Paul never says, if you're one of the lucky, if you're one of the chosen ones who gets a spiritual gift. He makes it quite clear and quite plain that every single member of the body of Christ, every single believer has been gifted by the Spirit with spiritual gifts. So if any of you kind of said, oh, I'll check out on this one because it doesn't apply to me, Eh, wrong answer. You have a gift from the Holy Spirit according to his word. So why is it? So many people, again, this topic of spiritual gifts can be divisive, it seems like. Why it just seems like certain groups of people like will try to be just like us, you know, us four and no more. Our little group of people who have our sort of way of doing things and we'll separate from everybody else because we're scared of differences. But the reality that God gives us here about spiritual gifts Uh, tells us that diversity among spiritual gifts, variety among spiritual gifts, should not be scary. It should not lead to division. In fact, it is part of God's plan for unity in the church. And so the fact that it becomes divisive means that's not on God, that's on his people who misunderstand and misapply his word if they've even looked at it real closely in the first place. So I want us to give three reasons Uh, this morning that we should consider as we understand why spiritual gifts are actually part of God's plan for unity. The first one is the very nature of God. The very nature of God. We know that God is one. We also know that God is three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay? So that's one of those things we can say that. 
We may not always can explain that. We, all, we sometimes have trouble with that. But that's the very nature of God is that God has revealed himself as one God, but there is the idea of the Trinity within one God. There are three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so Paul talks to these Corinthians who, by the way, they were in that group that kind of went haywire with, with spiritual gifts. They were all on the spiritual gift bandwagon, but they were misapplying them. They were, they were just blowing things out of proportion. In fact, they were even using them, their spiritual gifts in a fleshly, carnal, sinful kind of way to say, I'm better than you because I have such and such spiritual gift. And so they had a real problem going on, all right? So he tells them here, listen. To begin with, think about God. The one God that we serve is a reminder that you and I are one in the body of Christ. Let's catch this in verse 4. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. So a bunch, a variety of gifts, but just one spirit that gives all these gifts. Secondly, he says... There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Who does the New Testament say is Lord? Jesus is Lord. Okay? Third, there are different kinds of working. So lots of different ways that, that means lots of different ways that spiritual gifts play out in a Christian's life. It ends up looking in, in lots of different situations differently. He says, but there is one God. There, the same God at work. So he's telling us here, listen, we serve a God that people who misunderstand Christianity will say, oh, y'all believe in lots of gods. I mean, there's at least three of them y'all believe in. They said, no, 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 no. Christians understand we serve one God, but within that one Godhead, within the Trinity, there's the persons of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But the fact that there is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit does not take away from the unity of God. We may not completely be able to comprehend that or understand. We can't do the math on it because it's above us. But it's something that we take by faith that God's word clearly says there's Father, there's Son, and there's Holy Spirit. Three persons in the Trinity, but there's one God. In the same way, he says, listen. He said, guess what? The Spirit, there's lots of gifts, but one Spirit. Uh, there's, there's lots of types of service, but there's one Lord. Uh, there's lots of different situations of how this all turns out, but there's one God. In other words, just like God is one, God is completely unified in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The fact that we have different gifts, that, that someone uh, has a gift of teaching and someone else has a gift of mercy and someone else ha has a gift of helps, whatever the different gifts are, it doesn't really matter because we're all one in Christ Jesus. We're all one in God. So the fact that, hey, there's lots of different gifts out there, that doesn't spread us apart. That doesn't divide us any more than the fact that we have three persons in the Trinity, because that doesn't divide God. He is one. Secondly, this great big diversity of spiritual gifts uh, shouldn't be divisive because we need to consider the very goal of spiritual gifts. Look in verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit 
is given for the common good. Manifestation is a big fancy word, but he's just basically saying God's gift of the Spirit on your life is given for, and notice what he doesn't say, he doesn't say to puff you up and make you proud, make you think you're better than anyone else. Uh, it's, It's not made for any individualistic reason. It's not made for for anything selfish, but spiritual gifts are given to build up the body for the common good. And so if we look at someone and we say, oh man, I I wish I could sing like them. I wish I could pray like them. I wish I could preach like them. I I wish I was a leader like them. You know, and, and all these things, we look at other folks and we fault ourselves and we say, man, if I was only like that person, We've misunderstood the spiritual gifts. God gave this gift and that gift. All the gifts are made for the body. The gifts are not made for us to use selfishly. They're not made for us to covet and to wish we had someone else's gift or to be prideful and say, well, I've got this amazing gift that nobody else has. The gifts of the Spirit are specifically given to build up the body of Christ. And throughout the New Testament, there are these common, constant urges from the apostles to build each other up. We hear to bear with one another. We hear to encourage one another. We hear the author of Hebrews telling us, stir up one another towards love and towards good works. Everything, every gift, every ability, every talent, every experience, Everything you have was given not only to glorify God, but to build up the body of Christ, to build up the common good among other believers. Then there's the selection of spiritual gifts. How does that work? We hear there's a distribution. We don't use that word a lot, in a little bit. We, we have a distributor cap in some of our cars. Uh, we, we, we know that there's some distribution means the giving out, the selecting, the assignment of gifts. You know, maybe of us really heard some really cruel joke when we were kids and when God was handing out brains, blah, 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 blah. You know, and then something cut down. Well, well when God was handing out spiritual gifts, uh, nobody could really say when God was handing out spiritual gifts, you know, you got the bottom of the barrel. Because the Bible makes it very clear here that this was not by chance. It was not by happenstance. The Spirit was not having a bad day and took it out on you, okay? The Spirit did not overlook you or forget about you. Rather, the the distribution of gifts, the assignment of spiritual gifts, was all according to the Spirit's plan. He had it mapped out. He had it planned out. Do you know that if you were to compare every church in America to one another, you would not find two churches with, with an identical spiritual gift mix? See, we're, we're not a franchise like McDonald's where, where God is going to put us into some little mold and then replicate it on every corner, you know, and uh, some, some places there's been a split and it's on both corners. And, you know, it's, that's not how God works. God looks at each and every body of his, each and every congregation, and he chooses specifically to give gifts for that unique church. And he does so specifically 
by intention to further his plan. Now, Paul was really nailing this, hammering this thing home here. He was talking about some of the, and by the way, this is just one list. You know, if you look at the different list of spiritual gifts in the New Testament, none of them are identical, okay? Which means to tell us that none of these passages about spiritual gifts were meant to give us a definitive list of here's all the spiritual gifts and there's no more. And sometimes I've had Christians worry about that or wonder about that. They say, well, Pastor Tim, I took this one list of, of spiritual gift inventory, by the way. That's something man made up. That's not, that's not something that came out of the Bible. But they're like, well, I took this uh, spiritual gift test, and this one had 11 gifts, and this one had 15 gifts, and this one had 19 gifts. How many gifts are there? We don't really know. We may know there's at least so many but the Bible never says this is the complete and definitive list of spiritual gifts, and there's never any more. I, I wouldn't choose to put a limit on God's spirit and his work. But God says, hey, here's some of the gifts. And Paul's speaking under the inspiration of the Lord. He says some people get a message of wisdom, some a mes message of knowledge. By the way, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom, and it's important to know the difference. Um, to, to others, a gift of faith. To others, a gift of healing, miraculous power, prophecies, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. And again, we get more uh, gifts listed in different places. It's not the limit. But this, listen to all of these different gifts. He says this in verse 11. All of these gifts are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. God does the distributing through his, his Spirit. And his Spirit is not under some kind of control of someone else. The Spirit is not a mid-level manager who says, Oh, okay, I'll give him that gift because you said to. The Spirit of God directly chooses, that is, he determines what spiritual gifts he'll give out, and then he gives them. He determines and he distributes. It's all up to him. And so whatever gifts you have in your life, that's God's plan. That's not an accident. You didn't just happen to end up that way. God has given you and me, all of us, spiritual gifts. Some of you could say to me right now, I know what my spiritual gift is. Some of you might be able to say, I know several spiritual gifts, more than one that God gave me. Others of you would say, that's all fine and good. I have no clue what my spiritual gift is. But, you know, we don't, uh, we don't get that written in the sky. It doesn't, when we get baptized, it doesn't just float up above our heads or something. Here's your spiritual gift. Uh, we learn our spiritual gifts much like we learn our other gifts in life, you know? Um, I tried out for, for various things in life. Um, some of you probably played um, t-ball, but you found out real quickly, I am not going to be the next Major League Baseball star. Some of you find out, oh, I'm doing really good at that. I'm going to the next level, and I'm going to play Little League. But 
we try different things out. We go through experiences. We have certain passions, things we desire to do. And we find out through that process of different classes, of different jobs, of different experiences in life, we find out what we're good at, what we're skilled at, what we're gifted at in regular, ordinary life. And spiritual gifts are much the same way. Those spiritual gift tests that you can find, and nowadays we've got the internet, you can find them online for free, they're helpful at times to get you to thinking, but they're not foolproof. We find out what our spiritual gifts are by going through life. And let me say this, one of the things that, one of the ways we find out is by what others see in us. Often, other people see the reality about us more than we do. We often downplay because we see our faults, we see our failures, uh, and, and, and we don't even see something, but someone else can look at us and say, yeah, that, that boy, you're so good about that. And you might be like, what? What are you talking about? Really? And, and you've never seen it before. But, you know, it's likely if you got asked to do something that someone saw something in you and said, hey, you know, that is God's working in them. God could do and work through them. There's a gift there. Our job as Christians, we're to be work together and to listen to what gifts God has for us, but also to encourage one another to get to that place where we say, you know, wow, man, you're such an encourager. The way that, that you write those notes. Or man, you're such a generous person. You're such a hospitable person. You open up your home. And so maybe the gift of hospitality. Whatever it is. Take this away from, from God's word today. That we all have spiritual gifts. That our gifts are all going to be different. And that's not a bad thing. But that's actually part of the plan of God, is that your gift is different from his gift, from her gift, from her gift. But God determined that he was going to make a beautiful church by giving a variety of different gifts that are distinct for each individual and distinct for each church. And part of that plan, he determines it and he acts on it. He distributes those gifts. And so at that point, now that we've been given gifts, we have to use them. I remember one time um, I made a mistake, and then I made another mistake by admitting it. Have you all ever done that before? You made a mistake, and then you kind of made a mistake admitting it? Like one time, uh, and, and this was before I was ever here, so it didn't happen to any of you all, okay? One time, um, a church member gave me a, a gift card for some food, and uh, and it had a deadline on it. It had a date that it was only good through such and such a date. And I know you're thinking, Tim, I know you didn't let that go bad. And I usually do not let that go bad, okay? I usually take advantage of that. So, uh, so you know, hucks, chilies, anywhere, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm good if you're thinking about doing that. I will not let your card go bad. But I actually did. It had a deadline, and I let it go bad. Now, what I should have done is just shut my mouth and said, you know, maybe kick myself in the rear, said, don't do that again. But for some stupid reason, I opened my mouth and said, oh, man, you know that, that gift card you got me? 
I just let that thing go bad. Why did I do that? I don't know. We've all, you know, it's one of those, I'm pulling the words back as I see his expression. And I'm like, why? Because it was so disappointing to him to know. He spent his hard-earned money on giving me a gift, and I never used it. God's given you a gift. He didn't give you a gift to sit on the shelf. He didn't give you a gift just so that you can have some little test that shows, oh, here's the plot of my spiritual gifts, and I've got that up in a a special notebook. He gave you and me, he gave all of us gifts so that we would use them to glorify his name and to build up his body. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and Lord, I thank you that you are such a generous God. That you loved us so much that you gave. You gave the very best. You gave your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, not only did you give him to be a sacrifice for us on the cross, but Lord, you continued gifts. And your word tells us about the the grace that you gift us with every day and the love and the mercy and and so many things. But Lord, specifically today, we want to thank you for the spiritual gifts that you have given us. And Lord, while you want us to be grateful and you want us to be thankful for those gifts, you don't want it to stop there. God, you don't want us to come to the end of our lives and our spiritual gifts be expired and never used. God, you choose to give us gifts because you have a specific plan for our lives. You have good works that were created in Christ Jesus before we ever knew you. You had those things planned for us to use the spiritual gifts you've given us to glorify your kingdom and to build your people. And I pray that today each and every one of us would take stock of our lives and say, what is it, God? What is it that you've given me? How can I use this in a way that's obedient and it brings glory to your name that blesses other people. God, give us that heart to use the spiritual gifts for your glory, for your kingdom. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.